In this episode, I had a wonderful interview with a lady called Dawn Abbott. Now, Dawn started a business in special events with her husband in 1991. Yep, there were trials and challenges and lessons that entrepreneurs face over a 29-year period of building her and their business. You know what? Nothing quite prepares you for the day that you have a growing family, three successful small businesses, and the unexpected loss of your husband, business partner, and the father of your three children. Dawn shared her amazing background and story with me, but also about how she faced that adversity and what she did. And through the lifetime of learning strategic and tactical tools, what she did to grow a business successfully, as well as gaining clarity on who she was or who she is and how to effectively leverage and empower a team to move things forward. She also talked about letting go and she talked about lifting up others and that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. I thoroughly enjoyed talking with Dawn. It was just an amazing story for her to share. And so listeners, let's get into the episode. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Leadership is Changing podcast. Great to have you here with us today. And I've got a wonderful guest with me today. Her name is Dawn Abbott. Dawn, a massive welcome to you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Excellent. Now, whereabouts in the world are you today? I am in Denver, Colorado, right kind of in the middle of the United States in the Rocky Mountains. Right. Cool. That's very good. And so I've already given the listeners a little bit of a sort of background on you and introduction to yourself, but we would love to know more about you. So is there anything else you might want to share about your background? Sure. So I'm sort of an entrepreneur at heart and started my first business when I was 21 years old with my husband and I still own that business. I just no longer handle any of the day-to-day operation and ended up through the journey starting two more businesses because that's oftentimes what what entrepreneurs do, right? See shiny things and start start new line in the revenue and things like that. Yep. And, you know, ran the rat race, ran the treadmill, so to speak, and made all the entrepreneurial mistakes you can make and worked too hard, sacrificed a lot of life and things like that. And then if you fast forward to 2013, we had two sons who were 18 and 21 and so and three businesses. And sort of looking at the next phase of this, you know, we we're going to be empty nesters and things like that. And then I found out that I was pregnant, which was, you know, not necessarily the the plan at that point. <laughs> so through some soul searching, realized there must be a, you know, a reason for this great accidental blessing. And so she was born in May 2013, just before our, our then youngest, now middle, graduated from high school. Four days. And then in August of that year, I lost my husband and business partner in an accident. And so I had this three month old baby and these two young men who lost their dad and these three businesses without a partner in any of that. And I share that because what happened after that, you know, trauma was sort of a forced 
letting go of the vine and a forced mindset change that I think leaders, it's important for them to have, and hopefully they can have it without trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what happened is the team picked up the ball and they ran with it and the businesses kept going, even though I did not have the bandwidth at that time to really care a whole lot about them. And what it did is sort of show me that if I delegated and let my team do their job and empowered them to do that, I didn't have to be in the way so much. Right? I didn't have to be doing everything. And so it was really given a bunch of, of the gift of freedom of time because the team was working hard and they didn't need me and things were going well. And I got to sort of dig into who I was and what I wanted the rest of my life to look like because it wasn't going to look like what I had planned. And and that's when I did a lot of soul searching and realized what I loved about the business is building culture and building the team and the systems and processes. And then when my oldest son came to me a few years later after he had graduated and things like that and said that he wanted to take over the business and buy it someday, that's when we implemented EOS in my business and saw just amazing changes, both financially and culturally. And I was kind of put into the owner's box and no longer had any tasks and and decided that that's what I wanted to do next with the rest of my life is help other business owners walk through that same sort of transformation of, of understanding their vision, who they were, where they were going, how they were going to get there, create some systems and a, and a cohesive, healthy team. So that's what I get the pleasure of doing now. And still, you know, like I said, on those businesses and watching my son take them over and, and grow and learn and get his knocks, <laughs> all those kinds of things. So, yeah. Wow. No. So I've got a few questions to ask because it's, uh, thank you for sharing that because it's, it's what a journey. Amazing. Yeah. And, and the thing here I wanted to ask you is, you know, when you, I mean, firstly, one thing you just said there before about your son wanting to buy the business is like, Wow, that's a bit different yeah. because sometimes they want to take the business rather than yeah. inherit the business, right? Rather than buying the business. So that's different. The, the question I've got for you is in the midst of when it was all happening, husband, you know, the three month year old, two young boys, you've got also your husband's passed away, things like that. You've got these businesses. Did you, you talked about delegating, which is, which is important mm-hmm. for, for a lot of leaders and a lot of people to understand delegation. The thing I got the question is, did you delegate straight away or did you have to delegate because of the circumstances you're at or did Dawn try to do everything herself as well? I say, you know, I would say prior to the accident and things like that, I certainly tried to delegate and I obviously had a team, but I think we get stuck as leaders in this place of control and ego and and fear of, oh my gosh, if we let them do it, you know, it's going to fall apart. So there was some delegation prior. And I think the true letting go was because just mentally, I wasn't capable of doing a whole lot, right? And the acute grief and having a three-month-old, so you're also postpartum and all kinds of crazy things. Um, mm. I, I, just, I just didn't care really about the business. At that point, it, it stopped being all encompassing like it had been my whole life or the, the whole time I was running the business, right? It's all you think about and it, and, it, and it is your life. And it really became, oh, this is just part of my life. And so that delegation to sort of answer your question was, I think, just forced. It, it was nothing I did. It was simply 
the circumstances. And then once I realized things were going just as well, maybe better without me having to make all the decisions because I was creating a bunch of clogs, right? A bunch of obstacles to things getting done oftentimes when everything had to go through. So that's when the sort of mindset shift of, oh, this is good. <laughs> this is better that I, that I stay out of their way and I, just, and I just show up when they, you know, providing a space for them to need me when they need me rather yeah. than telling them they have to need me. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't it? It's, it's really interesting how life works and things happen. And then the time that it's actually happening, it's like it sucks, right? It's really hard. Yeah. But then later on, things happen and, you know, oh, wow. And the delegating, I mean, it, the team probably stepped up by the sounds of it and mm-hmm. took over and did things as well. Now, I just probably just for our listeners' sake, EOS, can you just explain to them what mm-hmm. is EOS? Because they may not go, well, what's this EOS thing? Yeah, sure. So EOS is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. The book Traction was written by Gino Wickman and the system was created by him. Is essentially gives entrepreneurial organizations and their leadership team those three things that I talked about, vision, traction, healthy. So vision from the standpoint of understanding who they are, where they're going, how they're going to get there, you know, and and not only that, but making sure they get it out of any of the leaders' heads and distill it into the entire organization. So everyone's on the same page of knowing where we're going here. And then traction is the system and the processes and so forth to make sure that the entire organization is accountable and disciplined, right? In setting goals and achieving them. And oftentimes that's difficult for leaders. It's just, you know, you hear all the time the complaints of, I just, I can't get them to do what they, what I want them to do. And, you know, they're not accountable and that kind of thing. And, and, and we create those systems to make that happen. And then lastly, that that healthy, cohesive team, because if we're honest, most teams are not. And it's important right, that we're all going in the same direction and that we're, we're behaving in a way that, that creates cohesion. Yeah. So a big yeah, smile went across my face there when you said about, you know, getting the things out of the leader's head. You mean people aren't mind readers? They don't, they yeah. don't under- <laughs> it's like, wow. But it's, it's really funny how that all works and leaders go and don't understand why people don't get it. Well, because you haven't portrayed it or shared it or, yeah. or helped them and, and relate to it as well. But I really like what you said a little bit earlier on, just before as well, and I had to sort of jump in there to say that what the the EOS thing was, just to help the listeners understand. But you said something a, a little bit before about the delegating side and that question I asked, and that was the true letting go. And it's really quite cool how you just said that as well, right? It's there's some people think, oh yeah, I've let go, or yes, I'm delegating. No, you're not, because mm-hmm. you're still hanging on to it, and it's actually the true letting go, which is really important. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. I think that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that takes time, right? I don't, I'm not advocating Mm. that leaders just say, here you go, you're going to take over and, and walk away from it. That's not healthy leadership either. It's you making sure that they're confident and that they have all the tools they need and that they're doing it and they have the process to do it. And, you know, that you're, you're, you're there for them when they have questions. But, but the opposite is that is here's your job. And now everything you do has to go through me so I can make the final decision. That's not a delegation <laughs> either, right? Like that's, no. and that's a lot of, I think when I, when I did it, it's here's your job, here's the process, here's the training. And now, you know, let me check everything or, oh, let me deal with that customer because that's, they're way too important. You know, I should, I should deal with that one and getting in the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think the other thing too here was what you were saying around that and, 
you know, people, we're wanting to set them up for success, which is really important. And delegation is part of that and handing it over to them. Uh, you just don't drop the ball or throw to the fence and say, good luck. See you at your performance review in 12 months time. Because that's not going to work either. And I think it's important for us to do that. Yeah. Now, Dawn, question here for you is, how did you get into leadership yourself? Not intentionally. I think a lot of entrepreneurs may be similar. And I love it when I see ones that are that are very intentional and understand exactly what their life is going to look like when they jump. But I was not. I started a business because, you know, at that point, I wanted to stay home with my son and, and get out of the world and never thought about the next steps, right? The first step was to make sure that that we could eat <laughs> or that I replaced an income or whatever. And then and then never really realized that I was going to be going from doing to leading. And so it was just accidental. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs get into leadership in that accidental way and that, oh gosh, here I am and my business is growing. And now I don't have to do everything or I can't do everything. So I need to hire people. And now my entire role changes from being the doer to the leader and they have to learn leadership. And it's not something that we're all taught very well. So I think it was by default and made a lot of mistakes and then realized, but I truly want to be a good leader. I want to get better at this. This is cool, right? That I'm, you know, once you start seeing people growing or yeah. Um, doing cool things when they leave and you go, wow, I'm making an impact here in this place that I never even knew I'd be. So I want to be- get better at that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, listeners, as you're hearing Dawn talk about this, when we're saying entrepreneurs, you think about it as well. Even large corporates, so like EDS, which was a big IT company in the US, but then became global. A guy called mm-hmm. Ross Perot, he was an entrepreneur mm-hmm. at first. He was a guy who was thinking about how we're going to actually start something in Am I going to have enough money coming in to feed the family, myself and the family, right? Sure. That's where it starts. But then they become into these massive corporate organizations. So it's a scale thing. It could be an entrepreneur that's got a small team but has a very large business, or it could be somebody who's got multiple employees, then it can can actually scale across the world and things like that. But at the end of the day, it all started by with one person with one idea, and that's how things started and got underway. Right. A lot of people can work for that person or that organization and they fall into leadership. But I think what I'm taking away here from what Dawn's saying is that sometimes we fall into leadership. We just don't. And also at birth, we're not told, da-da, here's our new leader and they've arrived. Yeah. And congratulations. Right. And you get a t-shirt or the nappies that says mm-hmm. leader on it, things like yeah. that. But I don't know. Do you call it nappies or do you call it diapers in the U.S.? Diapers. Diapers, okay. Yeah. Diapers, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. part of the world, we call it <laughs> diapers, but nappies as well, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And hence, this is why we're saying, listeners, that as entrepreneurs, we may fall into leadership as well. And mm-hmm. I actually think it's harder at times. I even think, I don't know about you, Dawn, but I also think that in the community, so in other words, if I'm the president, vice president of a local community organization, chairperson, that is actually harder leadership that it is in a business sense. Why? Because people don't work for you. They're volunteers. Uh-huh. They don't get sure. paid. Yeah. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. over the course of my career been fortunate enough to serve in leadership of nonprofit organizations, you know, trade associations and things like that and and learned so much. And you're one hundred percent correct, is that, you know, those teams can be really tough to lead. Those boards and things like that. Yeah, they're 
they're all getting paid the same big zero to be <laughs> and you know sometimes their their uh, reason is what comes first rather than the collective results of the company right like we all have to make money here in order for us all to keep our jobs right so we all are are in this for the same thing so yeah your leadership can be found in so many places and mm. it, you know I think it can be difficult it can anywhere anywhere it is right. Yeah, and I think it's something that we all need to work at because it can be difficult, as you said, and there's all sorts of things that are different. And, you know, you think about, we're going to talk about the title of the show very soon, but, but you know, that's that's where things are. It's changing. And and yeah. one pill doesn't mean that you're a leader. You have to keep working at it. Everything's changing. But that's like anything in life, right? It's just like becoming fit or staying fit or doing anything, being a mum, being a dad. We have to work at it all. It's not yeah. easy. And uh, there's things that we need to keep doing. Now, Dawn, I've got a question for you, and this is a question that I ask my guests, and there's actually going to be another question that I haven't told you what, what it will be after this, cause, but I'm going to ask it at the okay. end once you've actually answered this one, and that is, this person could be alive or from history. Now, mm-hmm. who's your favorite leader and why? You know, I, I, I would say I'm tempted to say people like Nelson Mandela and Oprah Winfrey and, and Mother Teresa, just in the sense that it's against all odds, super resilient, and they have the ultimate leadership quality of impact and lifting of others. I think that really. But then I also follow like, you know, some basketball coaches, you know, like the, the, some of the best quotes of leadership come from like, yeah, Greg Popovich and John Wooden and, you know, like that. And I love them because of their passion and their love of what they do. And and one of my favorite things, like Popovich talks about how he has to love and treat and respect all of his players the same but differently. And I think that that is very true in our leadership. If we're if we're really caring about the people we're leading, we have to give them all the same amount of love, right, <laughs> and resources and our time. But we have to lead them differently because they're all very different people. So I just I, I love some of that that aspect of a sports coach leader. You can get a lot from them. We're actually across Australia and New Zealand, we're having a basketball league and playoffs Mm. are starting to happen. So we've got what we call the two semifinals and then the two teams that win will go into the final. And maybe we've got quarters and semis and finals, but then the New Zealand, New Zealand got one team that plays in this, in this league. And they were interviewing the coach yesterday, actually saying, Mm -hmm. congratulations, you got into the finals and things like that. Do you tell players what to do or how do you work? And he goes, no, I'm not the coach. I'm not the boss. I'm there as their peers and the respect. And it's more or less letting them get on with what they need to get on with. Because he says, I'm not that great at basketball, but they're very good at basketball. (laughs) And so he talked about that, just exactly what you're sharing there. Now, you choose which one. I I don't know which one you're going to go with. But the question is, if you were to sit at a park bench, having a coffee with this person, what would be one question you would ask them? Now, I don't know whether it's Mandela, Oprah Winfrey, or Mother Teresa, or one of the basketball sporting kind of people. You choose one. You tell us which one you want to, and then what would that question be? I think I would choose Nelson Mandela. And I think the question would be about how did you keep going? Right? Like what was, what kept you getting up in the morning and, and, deciding that you are going to 
fulfill this role as a leader of a country who persecuted you right at one point. And, and, you know, just that, that how do you keep going when things are so hard and odds are all stacked up against you? I think Mm. that would be interesting just to hear his, you know, his thoughts of sitting in prison and then becoming president, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That is a great question. Great person to select. We've got some friends here in New Zealand who know him. Mm-hmm. who've met him, oh, wow. who've spent time with him. And, but that is a wonderful question to ask. And, you know, because you're right. I mean, he could have been so bitter. He could have been so mm-hmm. anti those people, but he actually bought them and sort of hugged them and, and, and mm-hmm. showed this love, but he showed leadership. And then how he rallied that country together. Amazing how it all was. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. I mean, yeah. how did he hold it together? Really, really. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Right. Yeah, um, and then you easy. think about that, but also if I think about the story that you shared about you as well and about what you went through, you know, for others who are probably listening to this, they're probably having some problems in their life right now or some things have gone gone on this morning for them and, and things like mm-hmm. that. And, you know, they might be a bit annoyed. It sort of puts your life into perspective. It sort of puts life into what really is important and what is there, but is it that really bad? It's it's interesting. Right. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That, that time in my life was very perspective changing in that, you know, nothing's life and death, but life and death. Right. <laughs> and it, you know, and it gives you this perspective of, of walking in gratitude because let's not waste any time looking at the, the shoes in the hallway that you tripped over. You know, you'd miss the shoes if they were gone. And I think for leaders, anytime I was sort of referenced that. You, you brought up the dark times, you know, that 40 days in the dark forest proverbial, you know, place where it feels so hard. Mm. And if you just realize that there's always light, right, it becomes less hard. You, you start to, to anticipate and, okay, can we just hurry up then with the heart? Like, <laughs> I, I know I'm going to learn something at the, at the end of this. It's hard to be in it. Can we just get to that point quickly where, where I'm going to grow so much from this challenge and I'm going to be so much better for having it than, than not, right, than things being easy. Yep. Well, there you go. We know that things can be hard, but at times we know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, <laughs> as we say. And so, but we have to keep working through it and we have to go through things at time to the grief and so forth. And we've got to go through some of those cycles to, to get through it and on the other side for sure. Now, Dawn, we talked a little bit about it before, but the title of the show here is called Leadership is Changing, of course. And <laughs> when I share that title or that statement, what does it mean for Dawn? I think it's as, you know, as I've progressed as a leader and I, you know, I, read the book recently came out and within the last year, maybe The Motives by Patrick Lencioni. And, and that really changed my concept of leadership. And I think that's the way globally or, or at least corporate America or whatever has to see that kind of change and understanding that leadership isn't an entitlement, right? You didn't get here because you worked really hard or you got the best education or you know the right people. And now you get to sit back and make the money and not do any of the hard stuff. I think as leaders, we have to completely change that concept and realize leadership is an obligation, right? That it's a, it's not an entitlement. And now we have to do all the hard stuff. And it's, it's our obligation to lift other people up and serve other people Mm -hmm. and see what they need and how 
how we can give them what they need instead of being leaders for our own self-interest ego. And, and I see that changing. I see that, you know, that the world of employees is requiring that. Like, I don't want to work for a leader that is not self-aware, that a leader that, that is selfish, you know, or, or is reaping all the benefits while I do the hard work. Nobody wants to follow that leader, but they want to follow the leader who is vulnerable and real and, and shares, I don't know everything and I, I don't have this one, guys, but let's figure it out together. And I, I, can, I can count on you, you can count on me, but I'll be right there with you. That's where leadership, I see it changing, but I also know that it has to, right? Like I think there's no other way to quality leadership than through that way of, of being human and self-sacrificing sometimes and for the greater good. I love it. Leadership is not an entitlement. It's an obligation. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it's, I think that yeah. sums it up beautifully. It's, it's, it's really, really true. And yeah, very good. Now, you and I are living in a world where it's very fast paced and things are getting, seem to be getting faster. Technology is driving it. We're even finding it's faster in the data world, social world, everything. Is, and business is getting faster. Our home lives seem to be getting faster. When we talk about that, what do you think makes a leader successful today in that fast-paced, ever-changing world? You know, I would say, I think I, I brought it up a little bit in the last question, but it is, it's being vulnerable and real. And we can't possibly know all of the answers when it's changing so quickly, right? When, when technology is, is, is moving faster than our brains could ever allow. And so... If you are the leader that has to pretend like you have all the answers and you know everything and you're afraid to let them see you sweat, I think you're going you're gonna to crumble in that type of environment that's moving so quickly. Whereas if you are the kind of leader that says, this is all new to me and I need you guys, I need this team as much as you need me and, and, and I'll support you and, and hopefully motivate and inspire you. And give you the tools, but but we need all of our heads to be able to figure out what's the best technology for us or what's the next move. Or, you know, we also need the filters of knowing who we are and and where we want to go and 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 that vision component that I talked about. Like we have to have that to be a filter in these fast decisions that we have to make because we can't just we don't have time to do all the research. And we can't just do everything from gut. But if we know this is what we're passionate about and this is what we can be better at than anyone else, and this is where we want to be in 10 years, and these are our values, now we can use that as a lens and a filter for making these fast-paced decisions. But yeah, I think, you know, ultimately it's that vulnerability and being real and letting them see a sweat. And I don't have it. Let's figure it out together. Absolutely. I don't think, I mean, leaders need to understand they can't be everything to everybody nowadays and they mm -hmm. don't need to have the answers mm -hmm. you're right and but they yeah. think they do they think they need to be at a that's why i'm the leader i can give you the answer right. no you don't and i think yeah. it's a big realization for people of late is that they don't need to do that being vulnerable and that we're not talking about sitting there all day crying and things like that right. no we're not talking about that we're talking about that people get you that you're not hiding behind the mask of leadership the mm -hmm. title of, of and so forth that you're actually there as a as a person who's getting beside others or having others get beside you to help you for a cause to get things across the line and and that's what we're doing. And so 
I love what you just said there too. Don't be afraid for the, to let them see you sweat as well. I, I think that's, yeah. that sums it up nicely I think as well. people respect and follow those types of people that they mm. feel like, okay, they're not a robot. <laughs> they don't have all the answers. They're just like me. And what they're saying is, you know, I'll be there for you and let's, let's figure this out. I think people follow those people more than, than the ones that have this false sense of ego and knowing everything. That 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 scares people off. Right? <laughs> like, who is this that they they have all of the answers? Because none of us do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Now, you and I have been talking about leadership through the lens of a leader, entrepreneur, things like that. But if we were to change lens and think about it now from an employee's perspective, mm-hmm. how has employees' expectations of leaders changed? I think I could definitely and easily and have some some proof to get caught up in the trap of all this new generation and they need to be coddled and they want everything and they think they make all the decisions and you know we have to we have to give everything in order to get them to do any work. I could I could fall in the in that trap and there's some some evidence to prove it. But I think I have a story in my business, in the event business that, that my son is running that it's a, it was a special event it is a special event business. So highly impacted by COVID. And prior to COVID, we had had done EOS and and had this amazing team of people that were very aligned. And they do hard work, like unload and load up trucks and set heavy equipment and then have to be customer facing and be happy with a smile on their face because we're at somebody's party. And so it wasn't an easy job nor a high paying job, but these people were aligned with the mission and the values and loved the team. And so when the entire team was laid off at COVID and then a good, almost a year and a half later, when we can start doing events again, we need to start hiring some people back. And they all have other jobs at that point, right? And we start making the calls and our first six employees back were all previous employees from COVID. And so when I look at it, when I answer your question from an employee's standpoint, they were hugely highly paid. We were a small business. We had, I wanted to provide decent benefit. You know, I wanted them to be able to live well and have a nice life, but they could have found better pay and more, more benefits in maybe a corporate environment. But what they had was a feeling of belonging and that they were seen and heard and, and we knew who they were and they knew the impact that they had on this team as well as you know, when we put on an event and give people time to relax and have fun and enjoy life for a little bit when life can be hard, they knew all of that. They were told that that's the impact they have. And just that alignment with the values, they wanted to come back, even though it was very uncertain. And we said, you know, we could be shut down again tomorrow, so don't leave a good job. And they did. And that allowed us to, to come back. It would have been very difficult to start with a whole brand new team and just start doing events as soon as that faucet turned on. But it, you know, it was so, so to answer your question, I guess is I think employees just wanted, they want to know that they're human and they're not a number and that, and that that what they do has impact and that that it matters and that they matter. Mm. And I think, you know, they might not get so caught up in, in, do you have pet insurance and how many, you know, can I have unlimited PTO? I think the, <laughs> like we didn't have to have those conversations at my company because they, we were like, let's all in this together. And it was fun. 
Yeah, that's that's great, and, and awesome how they came back. You know, you're right, mm-hmm. but that's also a testament to yourself and and others in the organisation for how we treat people, and and they feel like they're part of a family. And yes. I think I think that's that's also things like even if it's a larger organisation, you know, even today because EDS was bought out by a company called Hewlett Packard, but even today mm-hmm. I still feel like I'm an EDSer than oh, I was yeah. an HPer. <laughs> I mean, I was an HPer right. as well. Don't get me wrong, because I actually bought into that as well. Mm-hmm. But I actually felt like I was an EDSer. And yeah. why? Because it was just the way that people around me, leaders in the US and also Australia and New Zealand, how they treated me. And it was it right. was amazing. Right. But I would yeah. go the extra mile for them. And so mm-hmm. what you were sharing that example is brilliant. It's just a lot yeah. of organization yeah. faced that with COVID times. But how right. many employees actually sort of said, nah, I'm not coming back? Because they actually said, and and they're saying, (laughs) this is what they were saying. I'm not coming back Mm -hmm. because of the way that you treated me. And and that's that's the opposite of what you just shared. 100%, right. I also think, you know, like benefits and perks and things like that can be important. But I have always said that it's a give and take, Mm. right? Like I want people who are accountable and people who are accountable love to be accountable. They love to exceed the goals and they love to, that, that it's being measured here. And that there's a there's an end payoff when I'm hitting those goals, and and so you know we in 2018 took a trip to Mexico with the entire team, right? But we all had to reach specific goals in order for that to happen, and we have all kinds of systems set up that they have to to hit goals in order to get bonuses every single paycheck, right? So a percentage of the gross is is sitting in a in a pot. And if they collect all the points for doing all the things they're supposed to well, they make extra money. So it's not just, yeah, all this, all this stuff got broken on this event. We have to refund stuff. And, but I'd go home with the same paycheck. It's we're in this together. And when you do well and we succeed, I want you to benefit. And I think people love that too. I think accountable people love to go, all right, so all I have to do is X, Y, Z, and then I get the pay that I want or the trip or the, you know, the extra mm. benefit. Mm. I actually go, will go back to the statement that you said. I'll go back to that statement. Sorry, I was going back to the statement that you said earlier on as well, which is leadership is not an entitlement; it's an obligation. I actually think it even applies to the employees, and I look at the employees mm-hmm. not as employees but as leaders as well. So I, I've seen many, many times where people have gone, "Yeah, but I want my salary, and I want that bonus, and I want that," but they think they're entitled mm-hmm. to it, even though the organisation mm-hmm. hasn't done very well. And at times, right. yes, there could be economic conditions and global conditions and things like that, that are things that are outside of our control. Mm-hmm. But as you said, we're all in it together. And yeah. so if we do really well, that's great. And I like what you said as well, because you, the team went to somewhere, is it Mexico, did you say? Yeah. yeah, that you went somewhere. But that's really you taking time out to celebrate success. Right. Yeah. Right. Which I think yeah. a lot of organizations think- forget to do. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, we we just move on and, and celebrate. But I think it's important that, again, going back to kind of vulnerability and transparency is is they don't know that the company's struggling if you're not sharing and you're not transparent, right? And they so when we are in this together, they have to be informed of that. Mm. They have to see here's the goals and here's where we got and here's why and here's some of the threats going on and and in, and that's how you empower people and engage them. You can't engage people by having, you know, guitars in the, in the lunchroom, right? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that, that, that that's what makes people care. It, it's having the knowledge and, and being aligned with, yeah, I want to succeed. And 
this is my part in the in succeeding. Like I know if I do this well, and, and everybody does their part well, you know. But, and then then yeah, you have to celebrate it. It's mm. all about making sure they know all of that information. So mm. yeah, very good. Now there's the last question. Well, it's actually second to last question. The question is, if I was to get you to get your crystal ball out right now and think about the future here, mm-hmm. where do you see leadership being in five years? Well, I'm so so passionate about you know small business and the entrepreneurial world being the backbone of you know our economy, at least here in America. And my hope is that there's so many people, like I, I mentioned early on, that get into business because they think, oh, I could do this for myself and make more money and forget that their biggest job in order to grow an organization is they have to bring people on, right? They have to duplicate themselves in order to grow. That's just the way it is. Unless you want to stay small and be a solopreneur, that's great too. That's fine. But if you want to grow, you have to become a leader. And so my hope is that there's more people like you, right? That the that that are training for leadership and that they're they're really putting their the time in and understanding. Because I see leaders often who who are new leaders, right? That they're just promoted into a leadership position and they go from checking boxes and getting things done and think that they have to get things done and they put off mm. being good leaders and they have to understand that their mindset has to change and be and and that now their most important role is is giving their time to other people and helping other te- people succeed and other people become leaders that's their job now and you can't te- check that off you can't check that box there's you know and so my hope is that they realize how important that role is it's more important than any of the the jobs that are on their to-do list very being good. there for people yeah, yeah very good well done thank you well dawn yeah. if the listeners are wanting to try and get hold of you where should they go abbott coach is my website so www.abbott which is a-b-b-o-t-t coach.com and i've got a book coming out in the next month that's called your life is not a to-do list nice. similar to what i mentioned in the last last question about my journey and all the things i've learned Great. So uh, listeners, check out the show notes. So we'll have that website in there and any other social media stuff as well. But Dawn, once again, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. So thanks so much for joining me on today's show. Yeah, thank you for having me. And it's been my pleasure. Awesome. There you go, listeners. Just remember this, that leadership is not an entitlement, it's an obligation. Sometimes we need to do the true letting go so that we can impact and lift others. Hey, thanks for joining us today. It's always a pleasure. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 